and welcome to another episode of Sligo Sounds Podcast. This episode, I talked to Luke Mercer. You might know Luke from his musical projects such as Odd Socks, Old Hannah, and The Wranglers. We talk about his origins of his love for music and what advice he would give to young musicians on the road as well as in the studio. So, here we go. Luke Mercer, welcome to this episode of Sligo Sounds Podcast. Thanks for having me, Stephen. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not Great. Bad. Yeah, yeah. So we might as well start with the questions. What was your first memory of music? I suppose it's definitely my mother, without a doubt. Like when I was growing up, my mother and all her siblings were all, were all playing music together, um, which I suppose was kind of my first introduction to it. Me, I'd probably heard music before, but my most big, biggest memory, early memory of music would be my mother and her sister, Anna, singing, and all her siblings. We used to go down on a family holiday down to Kerry every year. I have a massive family. And uh, every night, it would be a bit of a party. Everyone, everyone would be playing songs and singing. And at that stage, I wasn't able to play, or well, I, could, I would sing a few things. But yeah, that's my, that's my first introduction. And then I, as that went on as well, my cousins sort of started, my older cousins started playing a bit of music as well and they would join in at those sessions, which was quite a big influence for me. Like Lucy, who I sing with an old Hannah, mm. would have been singing with my other cousin and, oh, and right. I used to kind of look up to them and think, oh, that's great, I'd love to do that. Um, so yeah, that, that was a big thing for me. That's really Getting good. into music, yeah. So how did you learn in terms of, did you get lessons or were you self-taught or? Well, I started singing when I was little, like just singing I'm sure the Sally Garden and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I guess that was self-taught uh, with a bit of guidance from my mum. But then after a while, I got interested in playing the guitar. I guess it's kind of it was the natural instrument to to look at to sort of accompany yourself when you're when you're singing a song. So yeah, I, I went to Jerry Brennan in Strand Hill here in Sligo, and yeah, he taught me for about three years. I'd say I went to him. I think I was in second year in school when I started and it was brilliant because he got me into all different styles of music that I never would have listened to before yeah like I'd, I'd, I'd heard I'd been listening to a lot of like you know like Nirvana and you know um, like all that kind of grungier stuff which I still love today but you know he got me into the blues blues music which was you know opened up a lot of doors cool yeah well, do you play any other instruments um, not not really. Played a little bit. Played a little bit of piano and a little bit of harmonica. Um, but yeah, it's mainly the guitar and the vocals. Is there any instrument you would like to learn? Yeah, I'd like to learn piano. Okay. I uh, started learning it good, like when I was in college. I got into it. I was getting getting along the way and starting to understand it. You know, I learned actually a lot about the theory of music just through playing even a small bit of piano. Wow. It makes such a difference. Um, but yeah, I want to get back into that now. So I'm just finding the time. Okay, might be a tough question. Singing or guitar? Which do you prefer? Uh, I suppose when I'm at home and I'm just sort of sitting around. Actually, it's, that's really tough. <laughs> like when I'm sitting around, I might just pick up the guitar, you know, and like noodle around a little bit. And oh, something comes comes along. That's great. You start and you end up playing for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, uh, singing, singing can be a bit like that too. I mean, sing all the time, sing in the shower, sing in the kitchen, sing when I'm driving. I often sing away when I'm driving. It's pretty. It's a nice way to pass the time. And I suppose going back again, um, 
got some good memories of I got when when I got into singing. Um, my mom was always really good at singing harmonies. Uh, that was quite a big thing, like with her with her and her siblings. She used to they, she used to arrange all the harmony like six seven piece harmony songs with her with her siblings. Wow. Yeah, so so I remember like. Just yeah, one day like asking mom, how do you sing a harmony? You know, and she she just sort of taught me. We just sang the same harmony all day. I can't even remember what it was to be honest, what song. But you know, we just spent like a couple of hours just doing it over and over again. And she was like, right, got it now. You know, how to sing harmonies. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah. well, I guess so that singing was singing is really big for me. It's always playing the guitar. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say which. I guess that's kind of a natural progression onto with the Odd Sox and with Old Hannah. Yeah, big I time. I guess that's where that for you comes down to like that foundation of actually being able to layer those harmonies whenever you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like it's always been a big part of it. Like we started listening to a lot of harmony music as well. Um, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash, um, even like the birds and stuff like that. We've been listening to rid of that, all that kind of classic yeah. stuff. With, it's real harmony music. Um, it's, really, yeah, it's really good, like I suppose, Initially, like a big thing I like enjoy about music is playing with a group of people. It's kind mm. of a really nice way to connect with, like to connect with an audience, but also just you know to relate to people. Yeah. To sing together is quite a quite a nice thing to do. You know, it it feels good. So I guess singing harmonies was, you know, got to get In, best way to get that out of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's really good. The sort of rich sound you get. I think earlier on with with the music we we're doing, it was extremely harmony based. You mm. really went too far, possibly <laughs> at times. Uh, well, now we try and use them a bit more, sort of, you know, tastefully and carefully. Yeah. How did the Odd Socks begin? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um. So we yeah. Um. I I was going to school. I was, we were in secondary school together, basically. Myself and Anthony. Um. We're in the same class. And we were into the same kinds of music. We were all listening to a lot of classic rock and, uh, yeah, like Rory Gallagher and all this kind of stuff, Tim Lizzy. So we all had a common interest there. And we started playing, uh, I started playing in, a, in another band with the guys called Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And then, then that just, uh, that kind of fizzled out a little bit, I guess. Playing with, and then myself, Anthony, Owen O'Kelly and Michael Conifrey, mm-hmm. um, yeah, started the band. We were called Odd Socks Revival at the start, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's kind of that's how we began. And um, we persuaded—I think you might have mentioned this already—but we persuaded Michael to play the bass. You know, we'd like coax him into it a little <laughs> bit, and uh, yeah, it was great. And so yeah, we started off, and myself and Anthony we were kind of doing all the, the vocals, and you know, the harmonies and things came in a little bit later. And when Michael started singing and really opened a lot of things up, you know, he'd always been singing, but we hadn't heard him really yet. So yeah. that was quite exciting. <laughs> um, where did the name Odd Socks Revival come from? Um, so I guess if we go back to the, the beginning. Yeah, so like the first gig that we were doing was, the, I think it was the Battle of the Bands in Barry's, in Barry's Pub in Grange. And... Um, yeah, we were. Paul Wilson asked, uh, "What? What? Uh, who was run, who was running it?" Asked, um, "What's the name of the band? I need a name for you lads for when I introduce you." And we all looked at each other and went, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, "Yeah, pretty much." And then Owen, uh, Owen O'Kelly came, uh, came out with Odd Socks Revival. I think it's 
I think his brother had made it on like a random name generator or something right. random like that. So yeah, what like we didn't put the most thought into the name, mm. but uh, we were stuck with it then. I thought it was always <laughs> something to do with credence, but no, it's just a or maybe yeah. And that's okay, how I right. I don't know I don't think so I don't know and that's I just, how I remember it. Yeah. Um, I could be completely wrong, but that's how I remember it. I mean, we were probably about fourteen or something okay. at the time. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> sixteen. I don't know. Could we really only? No, I must have been older than that. <laughs> sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even sure. <laughs> but yeah, we were pretty young at the time. So and um, yeah, are you you obviously played gigs around Sligo, and you kind of played. Did you play much out of Sligo when you were younger? Um, I mean, was was it hard to get gigs? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning we we were just we mainly just played gigs in Sligo. We used to play in the Trades Club, which which was a venue that had its own own music scene going on in it. Mm. It was one of those places we were really lucky to have, like Barry's and Grange. We were really lucky to have it. That's kind of where the band grew. It's where we learned. It's where we started playing original songs. Um, yeah, we were just lucky to have that space there to act, to be able to just go and play gigs mm. and not worry too much about what people think even and just do it, you know? Yeah. And like so much music grew out of that place. It's quite important. And and um so then outside of Sligo, we did a few battle of the bands at the beginning, you know, like we went down to Waterford, I think, mm. and did one. Uh we played some gigs up in Donegal. Uh, Noel Eli used to used to bring us around to a few gigs, mm. and then he started managing us, and that, that's when we started touring. So that but that was quite a few years yeah. later, and in, into the into as the band had developed. So was it all covers first, or when did the the original aspect kind of pop in? At the very beginning, I think it was all covers. We were doing like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that, uh, mixed with Thin Lizzy. It was a bit all over <laughs> yeah. the place, you know. But that's you know that's you got to start somewhere and, and that's all music that we really like obviously mm. but but you know it took us a while to figure out what we were doing um but anthony had been writing songs from the very beginning and you know it, took us, it didn't take us very long to get playing them as well like myself and anthony used to go busking in in um in Sligo, like we'd hitch into town every day yeah, and stuff. I remember you. Yeah, yeah. Rockwood. Yeah, yeah. Playing yeah. Alice in Chains and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were getting into all the harmony stuff yeah. then. We we're singing about Alice in Chains tunes, and Neil Young songs and stuff. And. Um, I guess that but, was great practice as well. Yeah, and and that, and just to get yeah. So what what I was saying was that's when we started and we started playing original music while we were busking as well. Like Anthony would, like I'd come up with a little guitar thing and Anthony would write a song. Like Stiletto Heels, which is on the first album, was one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, which is fun. And uh, yeah, so it actually quite early on, like, uh, you know, he was pretty a driving force to get us mm. doing ri- writing original songs. And what was the first song? Can you remember? Um, yeah, I think it was um, a song called World Domination Goes Better With Coke. <laughs> I think that's what it was called anyways. Uh, well, I think I think that I know that's what it was called, but I think that was the, I think that might have been one of the first songs. And there was another one called Temple Head. Um, yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there are any recordings around of those now. Okay. <laughs> but so, there are songs that Anthony wrote, and um, and we all like put the music together, and yeah, it was, it was a great starting point, mm. you know. So has it changed much 
Yeah, it's changed loads. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed loads. The cool thing about, like, the fun thing about starting out at that time was, <clears throat> you know, you're at that age, you're like, well, it's still now, but like, you're just, everything's so new. You're hearing all this music. Mm. You're constantly finding new styles of music that you didn't, didn't really know about or get into. So we were quite broad, what we were playing. You know, we were playing all different genres. It was a bit of a, a bit of a mix up of things, but I guess it kind of went with the name as well. Uh, Odd socks. I don't know. It kind of went with the name. So and the, the, the name <coughs> make the band in terms of maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but as as it went along and as we started writing more songs, um, yeah, we've gone down a more of a dirt more in one one direction now with what we're doing. Um, it happened kind of naturally, you know. Like mm. there's still a lot of influence from all the different styles that we were listening to. I think we've developed something of our own from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that's kind of good in terms of the, you know, when you do start out in the band, you do tend to take what other, other people are bringing into it because of their own influences. So you're yeah. kind of taking their influences and it's kind of going back and forth. But yeah, it becomes that thing where you do tend to kind of, once that kind of unit is there, you can kind of just kind of bring your own Feelings, emotions, melodies, lyrics, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. It gives too. you a platform to yeah. work off in a way, and everyone has their own, everyone has their own little, you know, styles and things that they put into that mix, and eventually mm. it turns into something that starts kind of a, a machine and nearly just starts working, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it gets easier then to write stuff as well, like to, into that. Mm. You know what I mean? Into that platform. That's cool. Um, so, what's the beginnings of Old Hannah. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, again, yeah. So we started hanging out with this guy called Leo Morris, <laughs> okay. and who is a, a neighbor of mine from Middle Range. Name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Leo was listening to loads of like country and uh, uh, folks, like American folk stuff. Like, and he, he was learning guitar off Jerry Grant at the time as well. And he was playing like this real nice country picking style. Which instantly when we heard it, we were like, "Oh, what's that? You know, that's great!" <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we used to, we used to hang, down, hang around in Leo's house quite a lot, listening to all this style of music. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like this was all going on at the same time while we were doing the odd sock stuff mm. as well. But they're quite different styles of music. But it was nice having an uh, acoustic sort of an outlet as well, and then the electric band. You know, they're quite different things. So you're able to sort of have a bit of space for both. Um, yeah, and. So myself and Anthony and Leo started doing a few little acoustic gigs mm. in Grange. Uh, and then Lucy, my cousin, who, who I was talking about, she, she was, I was, I listened to her singing for years. She was singing a lot of like Joni Mitchell songs and Bob Dylan stuff. And uh, which was great. Like, you know, she was really into songwriting as mm. well. So uh, when we put Lucy, when Lucy came in um which happened just one weekend we were in Sligo, like she used to hang out with us and friends, but we hadn't really played music together so much. And then, yeah, we started singing some harmonies and we got Lucy and the harmonies. And then Lucy started, Lucy and Anthony predominantly developed a really strong songwriting relationship that mm. developed into where we are now. That's great. Yeah. 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 So that obviously changed, I mean, in terms of even yourself and Anthony in Odd Talks, that whole thing of female, coming in and singing with that did that change the harmonies much or well I think did I, you start to work into around the harmonies that? but we were we were building it from a different place like we were like the band kind of grew out of a folky kind of a thing 
that we were really getting into at the mm. time. We listened to a lot of like old Crow Medicine show and these bands who were just sort of like in their early stages. Mm. And yeah, it was just something new. But it, also, it was also something going back to a lot of what we were influenced by in Sligo, yeah. the kind of music that was around us. So yeah, it was natural to get into that, I think. Um, and yeah, yeah, Lucy, like Lucy's just a great songwriter, you know, that's, and a great singer. And, and it just puts another twist on when you get all these ideas coming in from mm. somebody, somebody else. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really so good. Who, who's in the band now at the moment? In, in Old Hannah? Yeah. Um, so myself and Leo and Lucy and Anthony are there. We've been there since the start. Mm. Um, and yeah, we're all from Sligo. Um, well, Lucy's not actually from Sligo, but she spent a lot of time growing up here. Um, and now more recently, Michael Connery has started playing with us as well. Mm. So now we've got three three members of Odd Sox playing with <laughs> us. Uh, but it's great. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's, you know he's obviously a very good bass player, and he can also add some harmonies, vocal harmonies in. So it's been a huge boost. Yeah. Um, so he's been playing with Old Hannah now as well, and Rian Trench from Wicklow, who has produced the a more recent Old Hannah records and the Odd Sox album. He mm. produced the Odd Sox album, actually played a lot on that as well. So he's involved now as well, playing drums, and um, and he produced the album that we've just recorded. That's great. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a bit of crossover between bands, but sure, that's natural. I mean, yeah. we all play music together, and we and we're more certain about what we're doing with these bands now. So it makes it easier, like just to even to crossing over doesn't really doesn't meddle things up or anything. Yeah. It makes it kind of yeah, it's fun. So, um, well, speaking of sounds, as you were saying, um, what gear do you use um, in terms of guitars, mics, amps, pedals? Yeah. All right. Oh, I could go on for all day about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guitar-wise, I play um, a Fender Strat mainly with with Odd Socks, and Odd Socks is like it's that kind of funkier kind of music, so um, it it lends itself well. It's very versatile as well, the Strat, which I like mm. about it. You know, very well clean, like it, and with a tiny bit of distortion as well on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like earlier on, we were playing a lot of blues stuff, like blues rock stuff. You know, it was. Like I was listening to Roy Gallagher, so I was like, "Oh, I have to get a Strat," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, now at the moment um, we're doing some gigs with Old Hannah, which is well, it's kind of, it has been folkier, but it's kind of moved electric now as well. So I'm playing yeah. electric guitar with Old Hannah, and I'm playing um, um, a friend's guitar at the moment. It's a Harmony Rocket. It's this beautiful hollow-bodied guitar. It has this really warm sound. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about them. Okay. But yeah, I want to. I want one. So <laughs> I'm playing it at the moment, and I and I and I want it to be mine. <laughs> cool. Um, what amp do you use? Uh, I use a Fender amp, uh, a Fender uh, Blues Junior. Um, I had a deluxe. I've had a lot of bigger amps, and I downsized a couple of years ago. I, I don't. Getting I, old. Uh, yeah, getting <laughs> old. Too loud. No, no. It actually allows you to turn, it allows you to turn it up more. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. get a bit more of the amp. amp out of the out of it, the sound of the amp yeah. instead of kind of having one of those big amps and only having it turned up to one or two. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more about the actual weight, not not even the heaviness. Just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty handy. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. And then like pedals and effects, I've only really gone into that lately. I mean, I'd always had overdrive, distortion, 
like maybe a bit of reverb or whatever. Um, but yeah, just sort of getting into the world of delays at the moment. Mm. So that echoey, lovely echoey sounds that you can get are, are great. Like you can get really ambient stuff. Instead of, you know, like, I guess what the playing doing at the moment, it's less technically trying to play like really fast or trying to play really complicated stuff. It's more about the overall effect that it mm. has on the song. Less is uh, more kind of. Yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, oh, listen to me play this big solo, although I still like to do that as well. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like the delays and um, tremolo pedals, I use like a Memory Man mm. electroharmonics delay pedal, which is really nice for ambient stuff and the boss one as well. Would it's that great. be for Old Hanlon as well? Yeah. That, so you you use both? Very much both yeah. both bands actually. Yeah, interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That is, and do you need to change it up much settings wise? Uh. Or yeah. Is there a certain sound that you just like clean and acoustic or and with distortion or with you know? I suppose Old Hannah. I'm playing more ambient sort of background sounds mm. that kind of just add to the overall vibe of the track, um, and some melodies too. But it's all this. It's kind of real washy. Uh, reverby sound that's going on in the background because we'd have an acoustic guitar usually in there which would also kind of give it a more that has the more direct sort of sound you know what I mean yeah and then um, yeah playing with odd socks um, I am playing it is a much more electric sound so uh, yeah it's it's less washy but it would still have the kind of delays and things going on as well um, Sure. Yeah. yeah. Any any other gear, mic wise? Any any particular mics or like SM58? Yeah. 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 I think that's the default, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of great. Yeah. Um. In this, I mean, in the studio, well, I rarely know what mic it is in front of me. But we're all using these big, crazy looking mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speak, speaking of of studio wise, um, do you enjoy the process of recording? Yeah, I do now. You know, I do, well, I suppose I always did, but uh, I feel a lot more comfortable now than I used to. You've had a bit more experience. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And worked with different people and sort of figured out how what, what works and what doesn't. So I suppose when we first started recording in the studio, the first time, first time I was really in the studio was the time in the studio was recording the Odd Sox first album, which, you know, I mean, it's great. Like, it represents what we were doing at the time. Mm. But, like, you know, the, the next time we went, we would have done it quite differently. Everything was very... We did try to do everything very live, which is a good thing. We mm. still do it, but instead of trying to mimic what you do live on a record, it, that doesn't really work, yeah. I find now. You need to just tighten it up, be yeah, a bit more it up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And even strip everything back and start building it up as opposed to just everyone going hell for leather. Um, so there's that side of it. I mean, that's actually just like sort of arranging tracks for, for, for a studio. Uh, and then actually being in the studio, just, you know, we've been working in the studio lately in, um, it's called The Meadow, it's, I don't know where the last time about it, it's mm. in, um, in Delgany in Wicklow. Uh, we've been working with a guy called Rian Trench. And like No Crows from Sligo recorded there as well. A few people have been going there to record because it's just a really nice studio to, um, just to be in, you know, it's mm. quite relaxed. You don't feel like, oh, I have to get this right, I have to get this take. You just kind of seem to settle in there. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, speaking of the studio again, um, do you prefer playing live or recording? Oh, that's really tough as well. They're two real different things, I guess. Um, playing live is something I feel like I have to do. Like, it's just, you know, I'll, I'll always do it. I love it. Absolutely love it. One of your five a day. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm playing, I'm playing a little bit less often live now. Well, it's still, I play every week with, with Anthony Mannion every Tuesday and mm. doing Wranglers gigs at the weekends. And then now and then we'll do a few Odd Socks or Old Hannah gigs. We try to make them kind of really count. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're a bit more selective than we used to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, I still love it, but I, I have a different approach to it now as opposed to just, like we were, we spent a few years where we were gigging probably you know five nights a week for you know constantly yeah like for, for a couple of years and it was brilliant like i loved it absolutely brilliant but after a while it starts taking its toll and yeah. and and you um you know you just you just need to have time i mean like for relationships for mm-hmm. being creative with your music instead of just playing the music you know like sometimes you just got to take a step back and and uh and get into it like you know when you're playing that regularly, it's kind of hard to write anything sometimes, and it's hard to yeah. you find yourself just stuck in the same place musically. Yeah. So that brings you to getting into recording again. So they they both help each other out, and I like, I like them both equally. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like there's no. You need space. You, know, you need. It's all about kind of headspace for doing different things. Yeah. If you get bogged down, just constantly touring or mm. gigging, 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 then the other side loses out, and that you know after a while you kind of fed up so well, I, it's good I, to balance it a bit yeah well I, I was even going to say in terms of playing live I mean it, you're kind of kind of honing in on what sound you want for each particular song or even trying out a new song and seeing what buzz you get off it or whether or not you want to put it on a new album but in terms of recording in the studio you're kind of really focusing in on the track and it's the buzz of it and the kind of feeling of it so yeah. I guess it's kind of both ways in terms like that where you're yeah, yeah. you know yeah, I couldn't pick one now to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard, but you can you can see how one thing sort of influences the other. And but yeah, the other thing is before a lot of the time we were playing songs where we were uh, we were playing the songs live for ages and mm. then going to the studio and recording them. Well, now we seem to be doing it more the other way around, where we've been writing songs. Um, some of them, some of them we 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 would have played live, but we might have changed them a lot, and mm. there are new ones that we've written in the studio. Um. Yeah, and then you've got to. Then when you have that down and you have it recorded, you're like, all right, okay, we'll, we'll make our set for for a live show, and we try and produce a set. Yeah. From for based from that, but then again, sometimes you have to go back again and change everything for the live thing as well. Well, that's yeah. That's what I was gonna ask. I mean, it's that kind of cycle, like infinite kind of the perfect circle kind of thing, where you tend to write a song, then you go obviously play it live or you go straight into the studio but then when that's finished you kind of have to go back and see whether or not you can create the sound that you created from the studio live again yeah and it's that hard in terms of like even effects or harmonies or big time yeah yeah i mean like when you're in the studio it's great like you can kind of go listen back to a track and you might have the basis of the song the core of the song there but you know, you might be like, well, I don't want it just to sound like me and an acoustic guitar, or you know, I kind of want to give the song something. If 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 there's room for it, sometimes it should be basic, but um, yeah, you might want to layer things in there and just make it sound. But you might you might be adding loads of tracks. You might be putting all these little effects <laughs> and things in here and there. Gospel choirs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you go to playing it live and like, okay, right, we got to do something about this. <laughs> but there are ways. There are always ways to figure it out. Yeah. While trying to avoid things like backing tracks and the likes you know yeah um so we try to 
Um, Try and keep it as real as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's important, you know, because people kind of connect with that more. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, it works. You usually find a way. There is the odd track sometimes doesn't work so well mm. live or, or the other way around. You know, it does happen now. Yeah. Now, but... Sure, that's grand. Trial and error, I guess. Yeah, that's that, fine. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter. That's just the way it is. Like, so. um, well, we we might actually talk about one of one of uh, Odd Sox songs. It's the first track off "Sounds of the City." That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Jeez, I hope I got that right. <laughs> what, <laughs> no, I did. Um, the track, yeah. What are you trying? Yeah. Is yeah. that right? What you trying? Yeah. What what, you what, trying? what are you trying? Yeah. What are you what, what are you trying? What are you trying? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the gist of it, yeah. So in <laughs> um, terms yeah, of, trying. I mean, how how did that come about? And could you even just maybe talk about it a bit in terms of lyrics or the theme or what it means to you? Yeah, or? definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I sing the lead vocal on it. Uh, Anthony Mannion wrote the the main song, and I wrote some lines for it as well. And contributed to it that way a little bit. Kind of started some bits off, and Anthony put finished it all off like he like. He, like like he does he's very mm. good at that and <laughs> um, i'm not so good at finishing things <laughs> but uh yeah we um yeah so anthony came along with this chorus this sort of a hook mm. it's kind of like a pop kind of hook nearly you know and what you're trying to do to me and yeah that was knocking around for a while like we were he just had the chord progression and the, it was like a chorus we were just playing it over and over again in the garage where we were rehearsing and yeah, like it, it, it took about from that point to actually recording the song. It was probably about two or three years or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and we were kind of looking at changing their sound, a bit. not changing your sound, but just pushing it a little bit. You know, like you like to progress a little mm. bit. And Odd Socks were looking to do that a little bit. And this was one of the songs that we were kind of right, right, there's something here. Yeah, what can we do with it? Um, so we started rehearsing that a lot, and then. Then we, we, we were we got in touch with a producer called Jamel uh, Medve, I think I pronounced his name right, and Johnny King. And uh, yes, yeah, so we were working with them in a studio and um, yeah, we were sort of writing that song and recording it at the same time and trying to figure out what we're, where we're gonna go with it. Mm. It, took, it took an amazing amount of time. Like it kind of got frustrating at times. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess, that was the start of the whole new album. Yeah, you were saying, yeah. You know, so, 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 so it, it, that was why it was so difficult to get that one track there. Once that song was there, it got a lot easier to write everything else. Yeah. And we got, we found a place right. yeah, this is where we want to be. So this sounds good. Did you know that that was going to be the first track? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think we kind of, well, we thought of it as being the first single for sure. Um, it's got a really catchy hook, it which does. we liked. It does. Yeah, and it's a lot of, it's, a, it's up, upbeat. Um, like the song, I guess if you want to go into the lyrics, um, I mean, it's kind of a love song in a way, mm -hmm. um, maybe a slightly more aggressive sounding love song, but it, but it is a love song all the same. And, uh, I guess it's about, um, that's hard to describe. I guess it's kind of a bit like you're relying on somebody who like inspires you and influences you, but then sometimes it's not like that as well. Sometimes mm. they, you, you are relying on them, but maybe not the way they're not doing it. Acting the way you, you would like them to. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it, it's that kind of thing. You know, the yeah. usual, the usual stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but I guess it, it, it was, um, yeah, it's a way of portraying that. Like, it sounds kind of like, what are you on about? What are you trying to do to yeah. me? 
but at the same time you know sort of showing that you're relying on that person as well yeah yeah was it difficult to keep the original idea you had for the song um in terms of even playing like when you first heard it like the yeah the kind of idea you kind of first had i, I don't just mean you i mean like every, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. Of you. yeah and had it changed much from the first conception of it to um the finished product yeah i think it, it did definitely definitely that's what's so interesting about sort of um writing songs or arranging songs as well is that they sometimes got turn into something completely different than what you, what you expected at the start yeah which is fine you know i mean I've, i don't know exactly what was going through anthony's head when he wrote the hook um but 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 where, when we started rehearsing it first and um, it had a whole other section to the song mm. as well um it nearly sounded like nearly sounded like two different songs which we re- we realized that after a while that it was two different songs okay <laughs> so um so anyways we we so we stuck with the watch you trying part and that hook and kind of kept it up at that pace and that tempo and wrote the song around that mm. um i completely changed the lyrics i think i wrote a couple of lines for a verse and then anthony sort of like anthony already written stuff as well and then he like took it away again and came back and was like right what about this and then we pretty much had the whole song just he just pretty much turned it out and um, but we wrote it in the studio like we were sitting around recording it and writing it nearly at the same time okay. which is quite interesting you know we wouldn't always do it like that yeah um but yeah like we even we even sort of had a like sort of a pre-production phase in the studio where we were just trying to play it and put stuff down and find out where it's going to go you know and then yeah. we got to a certain point then where the song kind of figured itself out a little bit from that yeah which is yeah i mean it's it's interesting how a completely strange ways sometimes songs come together with that yeah it wasn't just sitting down written from start to finish yeah go or anything like that yeah so with the four of you kind of breaking down the track and kind of you know just trying to push it just trying to finish it um i suppose somebody that that's there to kind of help you like do the sound engineer and producing this yeah jamel yeah. And, and he was producing so he was he was directing us as well yeah like see recording the vocal for that was amazing it was an amazing experience for me i think it was it was um yeah, it was quite a big experience because it took me quite a while to kind of get myself into the right place. You know, it's difficult when you're recording vocals and it's different to performing in live. Mm. Completely different, actually. Because when you're in front of people and you're singing to them, it's a, it's, it makes it a lot easier. It's a visual and an audio yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you're when you're singing into just in, your, in this enclosed space, singing into a microphone, it can be quite hard to actually get into the, you know, to really feel what you're singing. Yeah. Um, I spend it like, couple of days i think with, G- with jamel <laughs> pretty much <laughs> well like it was one day i mean we, we yeah it was a couple of days in that we, we spent a good chunk of a day recording vocals and listen back to him i was like no not happy with that so the next day i went into him like the two of us were really working together i had him on on the headset yeah. talking to me the whole way through it we were breaking things up and like splitting it up and just trying to get lines right and you know it got really kind of nitty gritty and mm. difficult um, but then it just seemed to click and then it was like ah yeah that's it and it just, you just start feeling it right and you, and you know where you are and uh, yeah I think that was that was really good that was a really good experience and like it was great really working with someone like that you know like he really got the best out of me like, I don't think I would have been able to do it just yeah. by myself 
just didn't wouldn't have been able to know know when I was at that right point and then start feeling confident in it. Yeah. So yeah, it was a really good experience. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you're happy with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delighted with it. Yeah. 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 And then, then after, so after I that, to ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we are happy with it. Yeah, it's great. And uh, when we finished, we finished sort of recording the bulk of that song, um, with with Jamel and Johnny, and we we're really happy with it. And then, and then the the lads weren't really able to work with us much longer. They had other things going on. So yeah. so we. Um, so we went to this guy Ray Trench and recorded the rest of the album with him, and which is kind of strange, you know, when you go like the writing of the songs was kind of did come from that original song, mm. but um, but yeah, we recorded the rest of it in a different studio, and you know there were various things that that going on. So we so we we went back to that song again, then after even after right. it taking so long to to get there, we went <laughs> back to it again, and. Uh, Rian played some uh, synths and uh, he has some really old Korg synthesizers. Mm. So he played a synth track over there the recording that we've done before, and that really brought it to life mm. again in another way, mm. and kind of made it coloured the track to fit it in with the other tracks. Um, yeah, and then yeah, we added a drum machine on it, one version, and Danny played the drums on another version. Uh, we really just played around with that song yeah. a lot. But yeah, it was really it was a cool experiment. There's a drum, there's a drum machine track version, is there? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. even a, probably a bit of it in there on the is that on the, the record as well. It's like an eight oh eight, or no, I don't know if it's an eight oh eight actually. I'm not sure, but that's not at the end of the song. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, but then we went in and yeah, then we went in and recorded it again with, with live everything <laughs> okay. live on it. Yeah, like we just experimented, tried everything you could possibly try out on the track. We DI'd guitars originally, I like just plugged straight into the computer pretty much. Mm. And then and and then and that kinda of worked really well for the little clicky uh close sounding guitar yeah. bits. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean even in terms with the writing process, with uh even even personally, like not not even to do with any of the bands or but just even stuff that you do on your own. Like do you write at intervals or do you have to force yourself to write? Yeah, I mean, I find it extremely difficult. So, right, how, how would you do it? Um, I well, yeah, I do often force myself to write, and I, it's kind of perseverance, really, for me. Uh, I find if I'm just sitting down, I can get really frustrated sometimes when I'm forcing myself to write, and it yeah. just does it's not happening. So that's good to you know just try and write something down, and maybe just get away from it again. Um, I'm a terrible procrastinator, you know. <laughs> takes me a long time to get get anything written but yeah you know like I've written some stuff that I'm happy with mm. a few bits anyways I, I think uh, yeah perseverance is key you know like you might just you might be really frustrated and you might be finding it really difficult to write uh, and then just something happens all of a sudden and then it just flows out of you you know and you, you realise I've been up all day or all night or whatever and it just all comes out which is great but doesn't Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that easily. So sometimes you really have to grind the track out, mm. the song out. But like, I, yeah, I mean, often, you know, I just write down little lines here and there and stuff. Do that a lot. Yeah. And then myself and Lucy, Anthony and Leo, old Hannah guys, we'd, we'd go to Wales once a year. Um, uh, Lucy's family have a place in Wales. So we'd go there and get away from everything sometimes and just really just sit down and just write for a week. And we might have a load of little lines or bits and bobs here and there, and they might turn into songs. Someone else might take that and go, "Oh, that might inspire something with 
with everybody else and mm. they might come back to you with something and then it goes over and back so I think uh, that's a good way to do it yeah I mean yeah. I, 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 I'm barely capable of writing sound by myself <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. I think I think when a, when a group gets involved in it, it it just really makes it so much kick nicer. up the bomb kind of thing in terms yeah of... and just it's just bouncing the ideas around you know like something that you might think sounds a bit stupid there might be a word in it or something that someone else might go, oh, but that there's something in that. And then, you know, you start bouncing it over and back and it gets much more productive. Mm. Um, well, when I sit down by myself, I can find it quite difficult. Yeah. Um, but then again, that is often where the songs have sprung from originally, like a couple of lines that turn into something yeah. a lot bigger. That could be more satisfying, though, in terms of because it's so frustrating. Just just for, like, in terms of, I know loads of people that are in the, the same in that terms of where... It's the most frustrating thing to, to write anything. But once you get something done, yeah. oh, it's, it's probably better than people <laughs> that can write 10, 15 songs in two hours. And yeah, some people can do nothing. that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if someone's writing songs, they feel something. But yeah. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like it, but it's, it is so satisfying when you kind of, when something just happens and you end up with, even like even like a chorus or something, and a, yeah, and a, and a chord progression that you like, it's 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 really good. You can just play that little bit of a song all day, and hope that something else comes in there. Which yeah, it's really it's really enjoyable as well. Um, would is it easier to write lyrics or make up a melody? Um, in terms of writing, it, well, yeah, that's it's a question a lot of people ask is like melody or lyrics first and a lot of time for me it's melody that would come together first yeah it might, might be easier or hard it's hard to know really like it's just sometimes I'm just fiddling around the guitar and then something pops into your head or like you know or sometimes just a melody just appears out of nowhere mm. in your head it's strange sometimes and <clears throat> also it's often a rhythmic thing for me you know I might even be listening to something something just listen to music I often get ideas like without stealing them there okay. <laughs> but you know you might be listening to something and there's a rhythm in there or something yeah. like that and then when you stop listening to it like something else you might put another melody to a rhythm that you've heard somewhere yeah like you know it could be a common beat or mm. whatever but like sometimes it's something like that that starts it off and um, sometimes it's often when you're actually just like playing a few chord progression over and over again some words just start to come into my head that's Sort of how that happens so repetition in terms of playing the melody yeah and then just keep doing it kind of get used to maybe the phrasing of yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so you might be just like no 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 you know in your so head and then some starts turning into words or i might even just look through i was gonna say. look through notes of stuff that you've written that i've written and, and just go oh yeah oh maybe i could put that to that or it might not really work so then you just change it a bit and then mm. it turns into something completely new yeah so it's a bit of both in terms well the melody would be probably for yourself would be the main yeah. instigator. I think so, yeah, definitely. Um, this might be, uh, yeah, we could be here for a while. What's <laughs> the, what's your favorite line of a song you've written? Oh God. Or even a verse, or even the name of a song even. I think, I think Boats with Old Hannah is probably song that I'm, one of, one of the songs that I'm most happy with that I've written. I, I can't tell you which line, <laughs> I can't tell okay. you which line is, is the best one. I mean, we kind of, I think the the opening verse in it is actually something I really I, li I like to sing a lot. The wake up boy, the boats are burning, time for you to go. Quick untie the knots, unfurling, down you go. It kind of, um, I guess, 
it's the whole uh, the knots unfurling kind of thing. I don't, it, it's in one way, it's like very very um, um, straightforward. Like mm. you know, I've done a lot of sailing and things <laughs> over the, over the years, and it, but that's a really good place to be for me. Is out on the sea and all that, but it's also the another sort of element in the song of sort of loosening, opening up, yeah. trying to find something. That's you know? very visual. I yeah. Think, sir. I, even yeah. as I said, if you, you do, like, obviously you've sailed, but you, it, it is that thing, there is something, an undercurrent, but it's obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it <laughs> yeah. has that certain thing where, yeah, it does feel like there's a release or some kind of yeah. thing from, I, I don't know, is it, would that but be? But that's it, yeah, yeah. That, that is it, yeah, that's, that is sort of what it means. It's funny, yeah, I never really, there you go. Actually, realized <laughs> it, but there you go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that is that is it definitely. Yeah. Do you find songs change meaning after they're finished? So I mean, even like let's say if you've written a song, and you go back a couple of years, and then you realise that it it could have been some thing that might be totally different from what you actually thought. Yeah, I think that happens with every yeah. everything everything I've ever written. Like like just that example just now. Um, yeah. yeah 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 but 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 no it's a good question though at the same time because when you're writing something you don't necessarily sometimes it just comes out and you don't really know what it means and then if you have a verse there then you like you'd often just put it away and then come back to it and go oh yeah you, know, you can write more then from that because you kind of get into a, mm. a feeling it's often with more of a feeling than a story yeah. or something like that so it can be quite broad and quite hard to nail it down into a song even because it's just a, a loose feeling but um, I guess that's very tend to write things and then go back and just keep keep editing them and keep making them into something until you're happy with the finished finished product yeah which is often something completely different than what you thought it was going to be <laughs> what advice would you give to a person that's looking to gig or record somebody's just starting out yeah really. starting out in music mm. whether they're playing on their own or playing in a band um, I mean the obvious thing is practice what, you know like everyone will say that because it is the most important thing, mm. um, but with, presuming that that's already going on, um, what advice would I give? It's it's very. It, there's so many different ways of doing it. There's no right or wrong way of playing music. If you're playing music, um, if you believe in what you're doing, if you if you actually enjoy what you're doing, mm. that is the that is the most important thing to me. You know, some people ask you, oh, this kind of music or that kind of music, oh, don't like that or. Maybe you don't like that or do like that. With music, it's more about if if I if I think someone's believable in what they're doing, like I can believe that they believe in what they're doing, then to me that's that's art, that's good thing, that's that's positive. So that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, just to do something you like to do, and try and find try and get to a point where whatever music you're playing is something that you actually feel, and you're not just trying to do something make money. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, making money's all right. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong oh, with no. that. <laughs> but you know, it, it wouldn't be great if that was all you were trying to do. I don't think anyone would really get satisfaction out of doing it because it's 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 not the easiest uh, it's not the easiest way to make money for starters. <laughs> so it's so true. so uh, you gotta love it, you know. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah, you want to love what you're doing. Um, but if you're getting into recording and stuff like that, mm. it's just get to get the experience in there. You know, like. Maybe don't try to go all like, well, it differs from person to person. You can do stuff at home and start learning how to record in your bedroom. You go into a studio. So the more experience with it you get, the more sort of meticulous you can be and the more 
it'll get easier to sort of express yourself on a recording mm. just by doing it really yeah and and also it's really good to do it with people who you like and um who you trust and you know you can share ideas with that's so good it's, yeah it's such a good thing it's so important for me anyways yeah they're they're pretty they're very good points uh what's the best advice you've been given by another musician I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what is the best advice I've been given? I think maybe, I couldn't tell you really who gave it to me. Maybe I gave it to myself. <laughs> but I think the whole, uh, the, you know, not burning yourself out kind of thing is okay. pretty important. I think maybe various people have said that. Like, you know, when you're just, just constantly, constantly gigging, um, you know, it can put you off in ways. Mm. You know, some people do that. Um, so it's good to take a little step back and um, like our producer Rian suggested like when, when you're finished recording we're finished recording an album he suggested maybe don't start writing again straight away uh, or, or, or you know even just gigging straight away go off and live a little bit mm. get yourself inspired again as well you know yeah so, that, so that's really important is to kind of get out in the world a little bit release it yeah it's hard yeah. to do that you know sometimes um, when you're just so stuck into what you're doing um, so yeah, you get those ideas from that. So I think that was good advice. I mean, it's good advice everywhere. But yeah. I can't tell you the best bit of advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. No, it's, that's, yeah. that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to a 16-year-old Luke Mercer? Oh, maybe think a little bit more about what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I would, would, that's, at 16, you're just kind of going for it. But that's great as well. Yeah. Definitely didn't do things perfectly, but I don't think we did anything wrong either. You know, I think it's been always been a natural progression. Mm. I was lucky at that age to be playing music with, um, with the same people. Yeah, much that I'm playing music with now, but we're lucky that we had that connection. Mm. Uh, that we were all pretty good influence on each other. You know, there's nothing really, no no regrets there. Yeah. Say. Do you think the internet, the modern technology, has forced the music industry to accept that artists can easily record and promote themselves? without their help L labels and the likes mm. um, you know yeah so I, I suppose you're, you're asking about the DIY approach that you can take to music now yeah uh, that artists can do yeah I mean you can do so much without the internet's brilliant for that you know like it's got its pros and cons in, for, in terms of music but mm. I think yeah the best thing that's come, come come from that is that you don't need to rely on a big record label who's going to tell you what to do and um, while on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of pros to being with a big record label or a small record label as well, mm. in that, you know, they can have a big driving force behind you. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think it definitely changed the music industry. Yeah. Massively. The internet has, has made a huge change in that regard. Um, people can just record music in their bedroom and put it out on, on Spotify or anything, you know, right, and, and yeah. just, or, or SoundCloud and, to spread it around and, and nowadays people are getting picked up just from 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 that yeah so it just takes a few people to take an interest um but yeah the music industry like it's it's still uh it's difficult to make money out of it mm. without having you know even at that point it can be quite difficult to make a living from it but you can put music out there and share it no problem and do quite well get gigs you know, but getting to the next point, you, you might need. This isn't definite now, but you might need a distribution yeah. deal, or you might want to try and get your music into f films or 
things like that, which yeah. probably I don't really know, but I presume that's quite difficult to do by yourself. Yeah, but at the same time, you can record music now, get it out there, which is brilliant. I and mean, that's kind of what we like to do. It's what makes us feel good, mm. and we can do that ourselves. It's pretty. It's a pretty great place to be. Um, the internet's great. I can find so much music now as well, which is another thing. Well, that's it. I mean, even trying to find albums from years ago that you you didn't realize that were out, or you know, different deluxe editions of stuff that's come out, and yeah, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's fast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rabbit hole. Like. Yeah. Do you, um? Do you think? Well, is that industry outdated then? Do you think that the model of the music industry in, in terms of, you know, people are signed and they get promoted and the whole deal thing of possibly an album, single deal, even or five album deal? Yeah. Do you think that that still works? I don't think it works the same way. I think it has, I, I think it's actually, it has changed though. It has adapted, but it's just, it was, a, I think the, the actual industry was a little bit late in doing it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it has adapted now at this point. Um, I mean, I think the way labels, big labels operate now is like all the money goes into like one sure act that they know is going to do really yeah. well, which, you know, isn't the best, but that's, they have to do that maybe to, in order to make their investors, you know, blah, 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 make it work. And mm. um, yeah, I mean, while at the same time they're, they're signing up other acts, and it's great, like you get a big PR push behind you from a label, you can get recording, money to record, but it does limit you. You have to do things their way. Yeah. Um, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So whether, if you can find a really good label that, that suits you, that works really well with what you're doing and, and you're kind of, you agree with everything, yeah. or with most things, then I guess it's not the worst idea at yeah. all. And it's all, about, it's all about putting singles out now, really, isn't it? You know, as well, as opposed to albums. But I, but I still would love like recording a really good album that you can listen to start to finish, whether it's just for us, <laughs> for, yeah. you know, whether it's a selfish thing or not. Still like to like that, you know. I, well, I, I don't know. Like singles seem to be, I don't know, maybe it's that kind of thing where singles used to be huge. The single charts, you know, in terms of that. And yeah, I yeah. think it kind of died down. Yeah, it's more. It's more when I say single. Sorry, but I, mean, I, mean, I mean more about like video. You know, like oh it's yeah, a video. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what yeah. people want to watch. I mean, there's a lot of information coming in so all you, the time. Do you think there's been that kind of buzz again of actually getting videos being big again, like the war when the first came out in the eighties? Because I remember at one stage, possibly during the nineties the early 2000s there was just video central everywhere even before youtube and it just seemed to be it kind of got a bit like mtv yeah the even the the kind of infrastructure of that seemed to be a bit yeah it kind of got a little bit like you were just getting so many music videos thrown at you that, yeah. that, that they weren't as interesting uh, but now i think it is very important definitely and uh and people like to find people love finding new music the great thing about the internet is that people can fish around oh I found this track mm. and this video or whatever and uh, yeah instead of it being thrown at them by a big TV station yeah. or whatever so yeah that you know people like that people are enjoying that and streaming music on playlists and Spotify and, all, and uh, are, are another way that people it's are finding infinite, stuff yeah yeah oh. it's, it's endless it's great yeah. it's brilliant I mean it's harder now to make money out of it but it's also there's so much more music around like that's a great thing you know and it's so it's much more it's quite inspiring at the same time just to go just talking about technology mm. and all that 
Um, like vinyl seems to be taking a whole new, That's getting it. a whole yeah. new revival at the moment as well. I love it. That's pretty yeah. cool because that means people are actually listening to albums. Yeah. Like, so. That's it. So maybe it is going back towards the album a bit. Like. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I, well, I think it is just the kind of I wouldn't even say niche because it, I think it's always been there. It's just whether or not people more popular artists are starting to kind of go back and start to do it which is great but also yeah. more of the under well not even underground but more of the indie kind of quieter bands that wouldn't be really like uh, you know worldwide kind yeah of, mainstream they're kind of just doing those little kind of uh, limited edition kind of vinyl I think yeah it has. i mean like we're hoping to we recorded a, um, a record with old hannah an album and we're hoping like we hope to put that in vinyl and um, even just to have it ourselves <laughs> but no you know people people do like to pick it up they like the quality of mm. the sound and and lots of like lots of more like you know like uh independent bands like mm. ourselves are, are are doing that now. yeah it's great and there's a demand for like you know you go to go to um album launches and you see half the audience walking out with a the vinyl that's brilliant i don't even know whether half of them have record players but they want the vinyl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they want to bring it home and have it there Frame it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's great like it's so sweet do you do you think like in in terms of even with odd socks and with old hannah um is it still viable for you to be able to kind of release stuff on cds or even possibly vinyl um over the Spotify kind of or any of the other kind of stuff like is it is it more of a pain to just be able to just stick that up without having the uh, the physical copy like that that's what yeah. I'm trying to get you know I know what you mean yeah I know what you're asking um, yeah like I guess more I and just, more all the time it's you're kind of tempted not to bother to yeah. put it on yeah. <laughs> to, to make a physical CD the CDs are really really like you know it's pretty safe to say they're like on the way out because yeah. everybody's streaming their music I mean I listen to CDs sometimes to be honest I never really thought the CD itself was the best uh, was a great medium anyways no, <laughs> you no. Know? I'm never a huge fan of it they're no. not they're, they weren't what they were cracked up to be I'm so still, still a tape fan so. yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 cassettes all the way yeah. <laughs> but uh, some people do still want CDs though you know what but it is a smaller and smaller group of people all the time yeah I yeah. mean there's a big CD, load of CDs here beside us <laughs> I've, I've got you know good few CDs I don't my collection isn't quite what it used to be though they all disappeared and left around the place but I've still got a bit of a collection of CDs and I'm building up more of a collection of vinyl now mm. and I'm listening to more music online and Spotify you know it's just the easy way to do it yeah. it's where everything's going Become the I norm, can't help I it. I'm just having. Yeah. I think just gotta kind of accept it. Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. Anyway, yeah, it took me a while to kind of do that, but yeah, like um, there is something really good about having a, a solid copy in your hand. Like like when I like open like when you put on a, a CD an album first and you you're looking at the sleeve and you're reading the booklet while you listen to it. Like there's something great about that. Yeah. And the bonus factor of having the lyrics actually in the sheet. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Especially on vinyl when you so, get posters yeah. and stuff with it as well. You know. Yeah, so I don't really want that to yeah. to go away. Like you know, I, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to tell because I I guess people are just not really focusing too much on 
keeping that stuff alive i think it's just if it if it happens it happens and then if mp3s are more popular like i mean mp3 players were massive you know yeah, I mean? yeah that yeah. seems to have kind of yeah people aren't really downloading stuff no, anymore either it's streaming is is, is the best internet thing. the internet has gotten better yeah especially in ireland anyway ish yeah yeah, so, yeah. Uh, i mean yeah look it's got its pros and cons mm. that's just in a way there are more pros in that more people are hearing more music. I guess in a worldwide level, you, yeah. can, you can reach people all over the world. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so it does come down to that for me. Um, it, it just means you have to find uh, other ways of making money out of it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, so the, yeah. that's what we're going to ask. What would you like to change for artists to get recognition and possibly even better off financially? Well, I think, I do think I, I'm very often that bands and artists are underpaid I, mean, mm. I think that that's fairly well-known fact you know people often don't really understand it but when you look at a band who works really hard and and they 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 drive to a gig they spend the time honing their craft at home and practicing you know there's a lot going on in the background that mm. isn't necessarily paid for at the at a gig yeah you know, some people are good at paying bands some people aren't good at paying bands but there are a lot of bands out there um, and a lot of them are willing to pay for not much money, Peanuts, which yeah. isn't all, which also isn't necessarily a good thing. So I would advise bands to definitely try and value themselves and actually get paid mm. something that you know a reasonable fee for gigs. I'm not going to go into that, but yeah. but you know the, you know it does help. It does keep everybody else on that level instead of devaluing the the whole thing. So I think that's actually important that mm. bands do charge. You know, if everyone does it. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I, I'm not talking about ripping anyone off. Just oh, getting no, no, something, no, no. Yeah. just getting something that's you know reasonable. But just even, you know, it, it's always that thing. You always hear kind of bits and pieces of people saying about starting maybe some kind of group or something about maybe getting musicians. Like I know there's plenty of promotional kind of people that do it all over the world. But it's that thing of I don't think that would work in terms of uh, bands being together to try and do some kind of like the, like a union, union style thing yeah uh yeah i mean I, it has happened over the years that they do exist uh i don't i haven't really looked into it i wouldn't be too too well educated on mm. that uh but i do think i do think it's not a bad idea for for bands to kind of realize that there there's value in what they're doing and, yeah. and, and to you know try not to undercut do it for nothing yeah. undercut. you know i think i think it is just to be aware of that Maybe a bit of awareness and education on that would go a long way, especially for younger bands. Like they don't realize, like they're putting a lot of you're putting a lot of time and work into it, and so are they. So you know. Well, I think even as you said, I mean, even when you kind of started off, I think a lot of people were they were more than happy and willing to give you a chance because you were a new kind of band and you were, it's about giving you a chance. But now I think even with the internet, that's the other kind of bad side of it that people can go well show me a video how many views have you got that on and you know have you got your instagram or your my myspace is good yeah say. yeah i mean your people i have to name all of them there yeah um, but, but but you need to put all that together yeah you need to have all of that presence there in order to kind of um but i mean do, do you think that that's changed i mean how did you get your first gig in terms of with Odd Socks, is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Odd Socks, we got our first gig was at the Grange Music Festival, or in Barry's maybe. It was in Barry's, I think, uh, in Grange, which is the village where 
where, where I'm from. Mm. Um, it was in a, a little pub there. Colin Gillen was putting on gigs uh, along with a few other guys at like Paul Wilson. And they were really promoting local music there. So they gave us our first gig. Mm. It was brilliant. You know, we were lucky to have a place to play that actually um, gave us a chance. Yeah. They also paid us money for it. You know, well, that's. I mean, that's, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe the very first one was like a battle of the bands or whatever, where where you know you're doing like two songs, you're not getting paid for it, but you know that's just a nice way to get in, mm. get into playing music. But you know, people have been pretty in Sligo, anyways. People are pretty, uh, you know, respectful. That, you know? That's what I was going to ask you, because um, you do live in Dublin. Yeah. Um, how does Sligo differ from the rest of Ireland? Um, well, I think. At the moment in Sligo, um, or growing up in Sligo as well, we we always had a lot of we always had places to play, um, um, like that like Barry's and Grange. He was putting on some amazing gigs out mm. there. There was a, just a whole buzz about it, um, you know, folk folk artists from all over the, the world were playing there. Um, then in Sligo town, you know, we've got like pubs that we play in, like Connolly's and McGargles and dunes and mm. there's loads there's loads more like naming places now I have yeah, to name them all <laughs> what have I left out <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah so yeah I mean there's there's a lot of music in Sligo um, yeah. which is brilliant you know a lot of really good music um, and there's good like there's a good pub gig scene and set, music session scene going on around the place mm. um, in terms of original music venues you know, it's it's getting a bit difficult, I think, at the moment in Sligo. Um, yeah. There are a few there. Um, you know, it'd be good to get... People need to get out and sort of go to the gigs and um, the venues need to, you know, also put in the effort as well. It's it's di- it's, it's difficult. It Original is. music is, is difficult in a, in a small town. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of it there. I mean, mm. it's important that there's some uh, a good venue there really promoting it you know I mean the music is great I mean there's music on every single night yeah it's past yeah it's brilliant yeah it's yeah it's it's crazy yeah (laughs) Yeah. and you have no excuse not to kind of go out and see live music yeah does does that happen much in Dublin I mean oh yeah sorry I forgot you were asking yeah 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 um well even in Ireland in general I mean because you played all over the country and stuff and even yeah you played in England as well so yeah like Dublin's pretty good for original music, and um, I mean, there's all, there's all sorts of styles of music, but same as here in Sligo, like, I went to a guy called Kojak the other night, he's like a, a Dublin rapper, mm. he, he's a really good musician as well, he plays kind of jazzy stuff, mm. amazing, incredible gig, place was absolutely sold out, so I was like, wow, mm. this is great, and it's, you know, it's a very modern kind of music, there's a lot of young people there, it was great, and... Um, like we play music sessions in a pub in Dublin every Tuesday night, in Arthur's myself and Anthony played at, hmm. and uh, like it's just like an acoustic gig, and they they're at that venue are running gigs upstairs, jazz and blues stuff, so, and they're you know they gig music nearly every night of the week, so yeah, there's there there are plenty of gigs around, and there's a good community of musicians in Sligo and in Dublin, and. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Like you mm. know, the only problem with Dublin is it's so expensive to live there now that that's that's becoming an issue for musicians. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if things started changing, and um, which I think you know, sit towns like Sligo and uh, should really be embracing 
that idea. Yeah. I, I think it's becoming, a, and it is, I think it's becoming an attractive place for artistic people to mm. live. I mean, it always has been. Yeah. You know, always has been. But more so now, you know, there could be a lot of places starting to boom again. And, you know, if it's getting difficult to live in Dublin, then people are going to move elsewhere. I mean, oh, like, I, I'm sure, like, the, the music scene is still going to be really good in Dublin and really good in Sligo. Like yeah. But, yeah, we should take advantage of the situations and try sure. and make the most out of it, you know? What, what Encourage you... young bands as well to get out and play original music. Yeah. It's really important. Um, yeah, what, why do you think Sligo is such an inspirational place? I mean, is it because of the the environment that we're in beside the sea, or I don't know what it is, or is it just the people, or yeah, uh, yeah, something in the water, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, it's it's the kind of um, the northwest. It's always been a little bit isolated in a way, mm. not so much, not as much now as it was or anything, but like it is a little bit out there, you know. And uh, yeah, attract it attracts certain people yeah. <laughs> who, who, who like that, you yeah. know, who like that. So it's one of the good things about Sligo. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's a big part of it. It's also there's a heritage of traditional music in Sligo. Mm. Obviously, you know, I don't really play traditional music, but I'm sure that still affects. Uh, you know, it all affects everything. Yeah, I mean, play a bit of folk music. So I guess that's. You've kind of heard it. I guess it's in in your head somewhere. Yeah, we, and and it's also like an like an association. What do you do in Sligo in a, in an evening time if you're going out? If you're going out for a drink with your friends mm. or whatever, you kind of expect there to be music there. You know, yeah. you might be a bit disappointed if there wasn't. So there's just a culture that's developed. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't really know. Was that more widespread around the country, and it stayed in Sligo or? Has it just always been the way? I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, but it's a good thing, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it is, it is one of those things that it, it, there's always somebody with a guitar somewhere. Yeah, like when, when, we, <laughs> when we were in school as well, in secondary school, um, all our friends were playing in bands, you know, like they got really, really big. I think it was um, like uh, was it Nicola Cosgrove was, mm. running the, was running gigs in the trades club. Oh, yeah. yeah. And various other things were going on. And it got everybody really into playing music, you know, and it kind of became the thing to do, and everyone wanted to do it. And everybody who was playing gigs then are still playing now, but still just had a huge, it was a real base to start from, you know, it's great. Yeah, I, like, that's, that's one of those things that you kind of, I guess you don't really think about it when, it's out, when you're actually in, in that. It's just the way it is, kind but of. But then yeah. when you realise how lucky you are to have that kind of, I guess, just the flow of other people being inspired to play stuff and for you to kind of have some kind of environment where you can do that you know yeah and yeah it's a it's a great i mean yeah you yeah i've thought about that a lot in terms of sligo how how lucky a lot of people were in terms of even with myself that there was a lot of bands a lot yeah of artists, you, you guys you were know. playing original music and we were watching you That's you it. play mm. like burning shades mm. and, and uh we were watching you guys play and that was inspiring too it's it great it's great to have have that basis there to work from as a kid starting out to play music you know but that's it i mean it, and it doesn't seem to have changed though in terms of, like i you know even you can see a lot of the kids that are coming up now i mean there's a lot of bands that are starting to kind of pop up um 
and they do tend to have the same kind of Sligo spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, brilliant. They just there's do. more genres now. It's yeah. gotten wider as well, which That's is pretty it. cool. Like yeah. there's all there's all this kind of hip hop stuff. Yeah. Like, like this side off would probably influence a fair well, amount, of, yeah. amount of that. And it's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Like, um, so yeah, that that's it's really good to see see the genres widening and people just, yeah, it should all be supported and encouraged. It's mm. brilliant. Like, um, so how much do you practice? Uh, like I mean, sit down, play guitar, and sing. Practice, you know. Yeah. Do you practice much? Yeah, practice a lot. Um, I play the guitar every day, like definitely every day. Well, more often than yeah. that, I, I pick it up for a while. Um, usually, once I pick it up, like it's hard to put it down. Then, <laughs> yeah. if I don't actually pick it up, then I, I, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I, yeah, I practice pretty much every day. Um, I, I I find like the Tuesday night gig I do is great practice as well because. We can kind of play whatever we want. Mm. It's acoustic. It's not plugged in. So you can feel it out. I'm sitting around with other, and there's other musicians coming in. Uh, it's a few guys that we've come in and play with us. Um, Phil O'Gorman who does the Jawbone, um, which is a blues night in Dublin mm. on Sundays. He comes in and plays with us on Tuesdays. Learning loads from just playing with him. You know, playing with other musicians who you don't normally play from. And you just pick up little ideas, steal all their licks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the last so that's song? Practice. What was the last song you learned? The last song I learned. Uh, it could be a cover, right? Yeah, yeah, it probably is a cover. Um, what is the last song I learned? I'm not saying odd sock songs. <laughs> One of the more recent songs I learned is um, it's a swing like jazz blues uh, song by Louis Jordan called "There Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens." <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I've been I'm listening to a lot of jazz jazz lately, and. Uh, swing and country swing and stuff it's fun to play in these kind of pub gigs you know um so the last song i learned was one of those well yeah i've been also listening to loads of other stuff listen to a lot of hip-hop at the moment it's great listen to this kojak guy it's well worth checking out yeah he was involved in the, the new hip-hop documentary wasn't it's, it i haven't seen it yeah yet. so um, uh, I'll this, probably have seen it by the time on, this comes out. Yeah, this side up or on it as well. Yeah, no, it's just been so, put yeah. up. It was put up online there, so I definitely, yeah, can't wait to check that out. I might watch it tonight. Um, but, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what What's the easiest song that you know? The easiest. I mean, if I handed you a guitar, what What song could you play? Like, what's the easiest one? The one that you can do in your sleep. For me. Yeah. Um. Uh, is this original or whatever? Co- yeah. Uh, Cover. We'll go with cover. <laughs> go with cover. What's the easiest song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Nine Pound Hammer by Merle Travis. Because I've been playing it okay. since, uh, basically since I started gigging with an acoustic guitar. So it's definitely, I could, it automatically comes out. We nearly start every set with it. So. I was going to say, <laughs> would that be your soundcheck song? Yeah, well, yeah, with, with, the, with the Wranglers who I play with, mm. uh, which is like country... Well, it's kind of blues, more like blues and a bit of country blues and swing. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's usually our, our kind of go-to song that we start out with. So that's that's definitely one that I've been playing for years. Cool. <laughs> um, so it's definitely easy now at this stage. <laughs> it should be anyways. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> listen to it the next time. <laughs> uh, what's the most important question you can ask yourself as a musician? Oh, I'm, am, I, am, I ha- am I enjoying what I'm doing? Definitely. 
There's no point doing it otherwise, in my opinion. No, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's okay. What does the future hold for you in terms of gigs or recording or everything in terms of music? Yeah, well, really want to keep recording and writing original music um, with Odd Socks, with Old Hannah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I see future with both acts, quite different. Yeah, I mean, just I want. It's always good to build it up to another level as well, where where I'd like to like to tour more. Uh, I'd like to do a few tours every year, worldwide. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. We already do. We do it a little bit, but mm. yeah, it'd be nice to develop that a bit further. You know, yeah, I'm quite excited about releasing some releasing an album with Old Hannah. Yeah. In the in the nearer future, um. That's very exciting. I'm just really excited to see where where, where it's gonna go mm. and what what will happen there. There's um, a great great sound to it. Like the new the new single was really really good. Video oh, video was great as well. Yeah, thanks. yeah. Louise yeah. Gaffney about. made the video for yeah. us. She sings with Come On Liblon, and um, yeah, um, so yeah, that that's the the near future. But I hope we hope that that will lead on to something that's gonna keep going. You know, mm. um. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to get playing in the UK and a bit more. And um, we were recently over in the States, sort of trying to set some things up there as mm-hmm. well. So we'll see where that goes, yeah. like the US and Canada. Great. great. We see that as potential great, good touring grounds for us. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but the main thing really for future is actually to be able to continue to, <laughs> to, to write songs and play music. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about for us, like, yeah. for me. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. Um, at the end of every episode, yeah, I've been. It's basically the title of the actual podcast and of this episode. And what I've been doing is I've been writing down different bits that you've been saying, just random, but yeah. some of them sound really cool. So it'll be the title of the actual episode. Ah, uh, cool, great. So I picked seven. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Because you're not good. Okay, so number one is six-part harmony. Oh, yeah. Number two is step back. Number three is kind of strange. Number four is grind the track out. <laughs> number five is wake up, boy. Six is something in the water. And seven is there ain't nobody here but us chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me to pick one of those? Yeah, I get to pick one. Oh, there, you can take a look. Give me a look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something in the water is good. I might go with something in the water. So. What's your gut feel? Yeah, something in the water. Sligo, like, you know? Okay. So, there is something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> we just haven't found it yet. <laughs> Alright, thanks for your watching. Yeah, nice one. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for your watching. Cheers. Yeah, class. I'd just like to thank Luke again for being on this episode. You can find links and all things Luke is involved with in the description box below. Until next time, I'm Stephen Cahoney, and thank you for listening to Sligo Sounds Podcast.